At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. My name's Al Harrington. I get buckets. Al Harrington, welcome to, up, to, uh, to the jungle. Is, is the chair low enough for you? It's low enough. It's low enough? Okay. We just thought of that just now. So <laughs> You want me to be at your level, huh? Well, whatever is comfortable for you, man. I just right. want you to be comfortable. All right. That, that, that's all. That's all. Um, okay. So we'll start with this. Like, you guys had some news yesterday. You raised some money, right? Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, you know, the company's really been growing pretty quickly. And as you know, in the cannabis space, uh, you know, in order to make money, you got to spend money as of right. right now because of some of the laws and regulations around the industry. So, you know, I was lucky to find a really good lead investor. We haven't announced who that is yet, you know, but we have some very exciting news uh, as the year rolls out. So we're talking about Viola Brands, right? We're talking about Viola yeah, Brands. Yep, that's your company. You founded it, what, like a decade ago? Yeah, uh, 2011. You know, uh, so it's about to be uh, 11 years, actually, this year. So nice. founded it with my, it's my grandmother's name. You know, my grandmother uh, came to visit me when I was playing in Denver, and she was complaining about her eyes, you know, having glaucoma. And, you know, I was just telling her about some of the stuff I had been reading in the newspaper. And at first she was obviously against it, you know, being 79 mm -hmm. years old at the time and growing up, obviously, you know, through the war on drugs and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I uh, convinced her to try it and, uh, you know, went to go check on her an hour and a half later. <clears throat> and she was downstairs reading her Bible, crying. That was the first time she read, you know, was able to see the words on her Bible in over three and a half that's years. Awesome. So that's, that's awesome. That's how, that's what inspired me to, you know, start, you know, start my cannabis journey. That's awesome. Um, and Javi, just feel free to chime in if you have anything. Yeah, man. I, I could go all day. What's up, Al, man? Great to see you again. Congrats on the race. What's up, brother? Thank you, man. Thank you. Can't wait to hear about your lead investor. I'm sure you'll break the news on Benzinga, of course. Yeah, we can definitely do it on Benzinga. <laughs> want to do it right sure. now? I'll be back. That's what <laughs> we'll do it right now. Compliance. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do it, if you want to hint it, we're not against it. Yeah. I mean, it has a couple letters in it and uh no i'm joking <laughs> so when i probably maybe in a couple weeks all right, all right. I'll, I'll come right back good deal this would be the perfect place to do it i like it i'm comfortable here yeah, <laughs> that's what we're trying i'm just trying to make you comfortable i'm sweating under these lights i'm trying to make you comfortable <laughs> that's all that matters um what you wait, no so, so so that, that's yeah, that's sorry, what i want to have you go ahead have you go ahead what, what you going to do with the money um, you know, we're really just kind of focusing on, you know, really just branding, right? Um, we also, part of this deal is uh, we're doing a licensing agreement with this company as well, uh, going into four new markets, which we're really excited, you know, coming towards the East Coast where I'm actually from. So my home, you know, home state is one of them, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, yeah. Maryland, and Illinois. So just really excited to uh, just allow the brand to kind of stretch its wings, as they say. You know, I feel like a lot of our awareness and branding has always been, you know, at a national level, even though, you know, obviously within the industry, you kind of have to just work within the state that you actually produce product. But, um, you know, I just feel like we have that kind of awareness that, you know, <clears throat> that we can, you know, uh, start to move and migrate towards the east because you yeah. know mostly all of our business have been on the west right you're in colorado you're in michigan obviously and you're in oregon right right in oregon yeah. california yeah. yeah okay um you wrote a really good post a few years ago on the players i remember reading that actually on, like on the players tribune just like right. about you may you talk about your grandma but also just about you know, about cannabis and how you found it and and your journey um 
I, I'm, I'm just curious, like to you, like you made in, in that post very clear that like the social equity part was like very, very important to you, that you were not just doing this because you're not doing it to do it. You weren't doing it only because you loved cannabis. Cannabis is really just like the, 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 ve the vehicle, right? Can you just speak a little bit about, about like that, that aspect of it? Yeah, just to be honest, I mean, for me, when I grew up, uh, you know, cannabis was a big no-no. You know, especially where I grew up growing, you know, I'm an 80s baby, so the dare, the dare dog and all that, that's that's mm -hmm. our era, right? So I was always completely afraid of it. Uh, when I got to the NBA is when obviously I started to change my stance because yeah. I had, you know, some of my really, really good teammates that used to use cannabis all the time. So that was the first time I realized the stigma behind cannabis wasn't the truth. Um, but then when I got to my situation with my grandmother is when it opened my eyes that it was medicine. Yeah. And, you know, once I started to take that journey, uh, you know, it got me to the point where I continued to learn more and then obviously made an investment. Once I made the investment, to be honest, the first three years of it, man, I was just trying to figure out how to put one foot in front of the other. You know, it was like learning how to walk again. Yeah, I hear And you, know, you don't really have enough time to kind of really pay attention to everything that's going on around you. But once we I finally got that footing, I started to realize that I was in rooms and there was never people that looked like me. And when I thought about, you know, the way I grew up and, you know, I thought about, you know, one of my uncles and, you know, two of my cousins, how they've been locked up for cannabis possession and been locked up for years and years and years behind it. I'm just like, how is this right that this industry is now becoming, you know, a billion dollar opportunity and there's no color people or people of color, excuse me, um, that are a part of it. Yeah. So that's when I realized that I needed to kind of shift and pretty much use my platform uh, you know, as a voice for the voiceless almost. You know? And that's when, you know, I really started to take initiative in social equity and, you know, started a lot of the programs that we have now. You know, we have Harrington Institute that we're really proud of, you know, which is, uh, it offers a six week course uh, for people to get, you know, just a foundation of information around the industry in any part of the industry, whether it's, you know, tech, whether it's media, whether it's cultivation, whether it's retail, um, just because I feel like uh, people don't have enough information to understand the, the tremendous opportunity that's in front of them. And that's what I'm trying to do is just really try to figure out ways to usher the next generation of talent, you know, into the cannabis space. Mm -hmm. Sunny Money says, "Come to Vegas." He says, "We're legal here." He sees he says new dispensaries daily. Come working to Vegas till I'm working on it. <laughs> Sunny Money, you heard it. He's working on it. Right, Sunny Money, you got to grow for me. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Uh, Mitch is saying he knows from personal experience that Viola products are are for real. Thank oh, you. they're fantastic. Yeah. They're completely fantastic. A couple, a few months ago, you became uh, Viola became the first black-owned multinational cannabis company. Can you tell us about that, how you feel, how it came to be, you know, what's next in terms of international expansion? Yeah, um, you know, I have a good friend over at a company called Avocana. His name is Araz. And um, I think I'm, I think you guys might have a relationship with him as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one day me and him just actually just sat down and just having some different conversations. And um, that's when I realized that, like, some of our vision aligned in which what he was doing in Canada and what I was trying to, you know, create in the U.S. And we decided to, you know, obviously work together and, you know, to put this opportunity out there. And, you know, we started around CBD because I also have a, a CBD company called Harrington Wellness and a product line called Replay that, you know, we're actually working with the NBA uh, and the MBPA to get access to the players so that the players can be able to use these topicals and different things like that instead of always having to use the, you know, the pills and stuff that are offered. Um, and, then we got to the point where, you know, he had relationships where he could, you know, pretty much uh, help manage me getting uh, Viola product into the Canadian market. 
And, you know, we we executed an agreement maybe like nine months ago. And, you know, we launched actually last month, you know, in Canada. So that was really exciting. Um, you know, it, it's for me, uh, it's very humbling that, you know, something that I was I started a whole nother country has interest in. And, you know, <laughs> when I see the support yeah. that we've been getting there, it's been really amazing. So, uh, you know, the partnership so far is really going well and we're just continually trying to grow it. And, you know, when I think about other places, you know, obviously the entire world is opening up. Uh, you know, that's some another reason why I'm raising money, you know, so you can increase bandwidth so that you can take advantage mm -hmm. of some of these future opportunities. And, you know, that's what we're, we're trying to do. But we're trying to be very methodical about it, being very strategic and not stretch ourselves too thin because we know how important it is and the attention to detail that you have to have when you're especially building a brand. Um, you sort of mentioned it earlier, but I, I uh, you, you teased it, but I wanted to ask you about the accelerator, right? The, the Viola accelerator, because that sort of fits into what you were saying before. Yeah, man. So, you know, I started our accelerator uh, program and, you know, once again, it's really about, you know, trying to help, uh, you know, people of color that are coming up in the space that just need extra resources. Yeah. Right? You know, I always feel like, you know, people of color, especially black people, we've been we've shown for uh, hundreds of years that we can make something out of nothing. You know, but in, sometimes you need just, you know, something to amplify. So that's what I've really been just focusing on is finding companies or finding partners that, you know, I can lend my resources to to amplify. So one of the ones that I'm very proud of is one called Gold Standard Farms, um, a kid named mm -hmm. Jarrell Howard, you know, out of Martin, Tennessee, where, you know, he had a farm that's been in his uh, family for 80 years. Wow. And, uh, you know, they had, he had like four aunties that, you know, like the board of governors over the land. And he had to actually convince them to, you know, allow him to grow hemp. And, you know, being able to convince them of that a year ago, you know, this farm had made, you know, $950,000 over like a 20 year span. Yeah. And, you know, this year, or excuse me, last year, you know, did like $3 million in business. Wow. From hemp. And then now it's also, and when I think about like people like him, you know, I like those people that are very innovative because now we're working on uh, hemp block, right? You know, being able to build homes, you know, with hemp, with industrial hemp and different things like that. So, you know, just trying to, you know, lend my resources, my face, and my celebrity sometimes, uh, and, and then really just my experiences to those people that, you know, just need that push. And, you know, uh, you know, he's just one of many, but, you know, it's one that I love to talk about because of the actual success. And, you know, we just continue to try to, you know, help as many people as we can along the way. There's a couple of questions in the chat. I see you, chat. Uh, our our CEO, Jason Rasnick, wants to know if you're ever going to go public. Let me find uh, out. Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right, Raz, I asked your question. Now buy us lunch. Miss right. uh, <laughs> um, Whitehorse, um, are there other NBA players that are into cannabis and, like, you know, would you partner with, with them? Yeah, there's a bunch of NBA yeah. players yeah, in cannabis. I mean, that, that you just set him up. That is perfect. I just teed him up. Miss yeah. Whitehorse teed him up. Yeah, everybody's in cannabis. Uh, you know, no, there's a lot of players that out here, you know, especially a lot of NFL guys, just athletes and general entertainers are definitely yeah. looking at the industry. I remember when I started and I would reach out to a lot of these guys that I see making announcements or partnerships, and I'm like, they were so scared of it, like, no way in hell, right? Yeah. Now well, it's because it drilled into your head all those years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, they, now they're all into it. But, you know, one of the collaborations that, you know, we were excited about that we launched last year was a, uh, a partnership with Allen Iverson. Nice. Uh, you know, we started a, a brand mm -hmm. for him, and we're excited to also part of this partnership um, be able to, you know, expand his brand because when you think about the icon that, you know, Allen Iverson, 
is and you know with the quality of flour we're putting in his in his pro, in his uh brand i think it's a win-win and we're just really once again excited to get it to yep. you know more people hands yeah it's an amazing um, brand it's fantastic i love it uh, I, I got a question that is more business related for you right I, I see that that you often bring up licensing as part of your business model right why do you or how do you choose to sometimes expand organically and other times through licensing what what's what's the rationale there yeah, for us, uh, once again, it's just it's bandwidth. When I really think about it, um, licensing obviously is a, a quicker way to actually grow your business. But the main thing with that is finding you know really good partners, right? That can uh, do what they say. <laughs> uh, one thing I learned in this space for the ten years I've been in, you know, when you first meet with somebody, they're the best growers, they're the best processors, they're the best <laughs> distribution, and they're the best of everything, right? Until you actually get into business with them and. It's a lot of trial and error, to be honest. You know, you have to get in relationships to really see, you know, who you're with and then find out if it'll actually work. So, you know, for me, that's the strategic part is being able to identify people that can actually, you know, get the actual job done and also be able to meet the standards of quality, you know, the product, a product that Viola likes to, you know, um, align with. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Ron with Al Harrington, uh, former uh, NBA uh, star and the founder of Viola Brands. And if, it's, if that is still not helpful, all you need to know about Al is... My name's Al Harrington. I get buckets. That's all you need to know about Al right there. Um, there was a, uh, a, a question from H. Montero uh, in the chat, basketball question. He was wondering if you liked your time with the Knicks more or you're playing with your boys in Golden State. Uh, I had more fun with my guys in Golden State. Yeah. New York was a dream come true, though. Like, I grew up a Knicks fan. My mom screaming. Yep. Even though I like Jordan, I had to, like, cheer for Jordan, like, secretly, sure. you know, sure. uh, back then. But I, definitely a big-time Knicks fan. As a Knicks fan that was watching you those years, I, I can understand because you guys didn't win a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was tough, man. You know, uh, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. Didn't win a lot of games. Yeah. Played a lot of games, just didn't win. Yeah, a lot. yeah. No, you, no. You put up good stats. Yeah, it wasn't you, Al. Right. It was everybody else. I did my part. <laughs> it was everybody else. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, again, Al Harrington, guys, in person, in studio. We don't get this very, uh, very often. So treat it for us. Drop us a like. Um, Jason wants to know where we can see AI's product. Is that is that is that uh, right now? It's strictly Perfect. just in California, exclusively in California. Yeah. But we'll be launching in the Michigan market uh, in March. In the March. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I bought you a sample of it too. Right uh, now? Yeah, I got a sample. Ooh. All right. You, should we try so it? Right, should, over there, right over there. Right over wait, there. Wait, wait, wait. Before before we leave, nah. uh, I'll I'll leave. Uh, why do you love Michigan so much? Why do you love Detroit so much? Man, honestly, I uh, once I realized about the purpose thing and and you know trying to elevate people of color, I had an opportunity to either expand the business into uh, Arizona or Michigan, to be honest, and you know. Uh -huh my main decision was just around the fact that I just felt like it was more people of color here, <laughs> obviously, That's to fair. actually be able to help and, you know, to be able to put in position to give jobs. And then also, you know, knowing that, you know, legalization was coming here, uh, social equity would be a big component of it, being able to help uh, people actually get their licensing and different things like that. I, just had, I felt like it was a bigger opportunity here to help. And, you know, that's honestly the reason why I chose the Michigan market. And then obviously when you spend time here, you just fall in love with it because it's it's a big yeah. town, but it's a very small town at the same time. Right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's, it's just really this family vibe, this community vibe. And that's what Viola is all about. It's like influencing community. 
And I just felt like Michigan was just a great place to start that. Man, you're the GOAT. I'm curious, like, have you had any conversations with, like, politicians at all? I talk to politicians all the time. All the time? You know, part, a lot of part of my job is the lobbying side. Yeah. You know, I've, you know, I sit and talk with Schumer all the time. He's a friend of mine. Okay. Uh, you know, I've talked to Cory Booker. I do National Lobby Day. You know, okay. I go and talk to all the senators and the governors about, you know, what's just happening in the industry. Yeah. Right. I think the, that a lot of these lawmakers make a lot of decisions not talking to the people that are in the trenches actually running these businesses. Right, right. Right? They're just kind of sitting from a 30,000 foot view, making all these decisions, not realizing the impact that they're having on the industry. And when you think about even social equity, right? Social equity is opportunity for people that was disenfranchised to you know, actually have equity you know, in these different opportunities. But if there's no resources around them, how can it be an equitable opportunity? Right. You know, you're pretty much setting them up to fail. So that's why I do a lot of my, you know, a lot of my lobbying around is, you know, trying to figure out the support structure around these opportunities so that people are successful because this is generational wealth at risk, you know, for our community. And when we think about the way that drugs, especially cannabis, has destroyed our community, like just a real quick crazy stat, like in New York, uh, once they legalize or uh, they decriminalize cannabis, uh, arresting the black community was down like 95%. Really? Right. Like how wow. like how crazy is that? You know what I'm saying? So when you think about just the excuse me, all the negative effects around, you know, the war on drugs, we just feel like, you know, people of color deserve a real opportunity. Yeah. And there's the website. It's it's uh, uh, violabrands.com. It's on the screen right there. So, um, yeah, I, that's that. That's I believe you. I 100 percent believe that's that it, it totally like makes sense. Um and you you also mentioned in your in your piece just about generational wealth how that's the other like important thing right is what yeah. is what it does is it gives people the chance to build the generational wealth that they don't have correct right yeah and so. rebuild and rebuild their communities right you know yeah. when I think about you know even a lot of these uh, you know limited license markets that uh, part of their uh, application is that they have to give back to these communities yeah. and a lot of times. 99% of the times those people never even stepped foot in those communities before. Yeah. So how can they, how do they know how to help? You know what I'm saying? How do they know mm-hmm. where to spend their dollars? They don't. They don't. Right. And you a do. lot of times it, yeah. they don't, they, they won't. Right? right. So I just feel like people like myself and, you know, other people, cause I mean, there's a lot of other uh, entrepreneurs in the space that are coming up, you know, they just don't have this platform, you know, and they're actually yeah. doing really, really good work. So, you know, those are the people that I feel like, you know, really deserve the opportunity so that they can, you know, be able to funnel back the opportunities to the community. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's awesome because, like, you know, the era that you were in the NBA was, like, the dress code era. And, yeah. like, now we've gone completely the other way, right, right. where it's, like, you're doing you're, – you're leading a cannabis company, which, like, never would have – thought about that in like 15 years ago like who would have thunk it you know what i mean i mean i definitely didn't yeah you know I, yeah <laughs> I, I even think when i first told my mom like she was disappointed it's like what <laughs> you're gonna do what after you played the nba 16 years never got in any trouble and now you want to run a weed company yeah you know but yeah uh but it's changed a lot you know obviously it's way more popular now you know when i even think about i tell people this all they laugh but it's the truth like my financial advisor literally dropped me as a client because I wanted mm-hmm. to invest in cannabis. And we had been together, you know, 14 years. Yeah. He just couldn't wrap his head around me selling weed. Well, that was that was a decade ago or more. A lot's changed since then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A, a lot has changed. And, you know. I'm sure he's asking I, for you back. Yeah, right. <laughs> when I got comfortable with it, really was like when times when uh, 
I would go to like meetings about a real estate opportunity yeah. or a tech opportunity. And, you know, you kind of go around the room and everybody kind of touch on what they're working on. And every time I would talk about cannabis, the meeting would completely flip. So that's all everybody wanted to talk about. Oh, you know weird. What I'm saying? So that's when I realized I was like, okay, yeah, this industry is definitely moving in the right direction when you're getting the, you know, when you're getting the attention oh, yeah. of like the people that I was in the room with. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I, and I guess just there was, I saw a question in the chat. I forget who asked it. I probably, oh, it was KH. Uh, he's just asked about your friendship or relationship with, with, with Kobe and Michael. I don't know if you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I came in the league, you know, the year, the first year after Michael retired and, you know, I was able to play against him when he came back for the Wizards. So yeah. he was 40 year old Michael, but right. obviously really, really good still. Right. I think he still averaged like 23 points <laughs> as a 40 year old. I think he has one of the most historic block two hand blocks until John Morant the other day. Probably, you know, I saw that one, uh, yeah. you know, now takes number one for the best block in NBA history or whatever. But, you know, Michael has always been like, you know, the big, big homie, as we say. Right. So being able to spend five minutes with him feels like you spent, you know, five decades. Right. And, you know, he's always been, you know, very, um, you know, funny, very competitive. You know, he talks a lot of trash constantly. And, you know, with Kobe, uh, you know, I will say with him, uh, he actually died. The, the, the hill that he died of was like right outside of the gate where I live at in Calabasas. Oh, I actually lived there. And that, and that morning, my daughter actually rides horses, and I was taking her one of her horse competitions, and I saw the smoke on the hill, you know, and like an hour later is when I got the news that oh, it was a helicopter that, you know, Kobe was in that crash. But the one thing I'll say is like when I think about that is, you know, I actually cried, right? Yeah. And when yeah. I think about like why I cried, I'm like, you know, because I never liked Kobe. Right. Not that I hated him as a person, but, you know, just as a competitor, yeah, sure. like, he created sure. that environment where it, w it wasn't friendly. It was like com competition. Like we're not boys. If we're not teammates, we're not right. boys. Right. But what I realized and why I think it hit me so hard was I realized that uh, every time I played against him, he really like bought the best out of me. You know what I'm saying? I really thought about like how, you know, we played the Lakers like I ate differently. I, I got an extra half hour of sleep. You know what I'm saying? Just to go out there and try to beat him. You know what I'm saying? So I just really think that, you know, all the players really realize that, you know, he really caught us. He dominated us at our best, <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it really just goes to show, like, what of a special player, you know, Kobe Bryant was. Yeah, chat's saying, like, they, they hey, we all cried, I think, when that happened. Uh, um, all right, uh, Al Harrington, again, Viola Brands. Uh, he's the founder and the CEO. Um, just what's the, like, what's the next thing you just raised some money, obviously. So you're, you're going to figure out how to put that to work, but like, what's like the next thing we should be looking out for? Yeah. Uh, just, you know, look for us in these, these new States. Um, you know, we have some other, you know, little different opportunities that we're looking at as well that, uh, expands the brand from a lifestyle perspective, um, awesome. that, you know, we're working on. So, you know, uh, just, you know. Pay attention. You know, I'll be making all my big announcements on Benzinga, so you guys are here at first. And uh how we like it. <laughs> and you know, we just kinda you know see where we go from there. Um oh there's one more question and then Javi, I'll I'll let you wrap it up, but uh someone's asking you're on the board of directors of MedMed? Is that not anymore? Not anymore. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't know what, what bad means. question. I don't know whoever bad is. question, Mitch. Awful question, Mitch. <laughs> Javi, do you have anything else? Not really, man. Just no. uh, want to thank you for for, for joining us. Uh, it's been yeah. a fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thank I appreciate you coming. You know, not just coming on, but you know, in person. You know, you know, we 
we cleaned up for you. As I don't know if you can if you can tell, but we we cleaned a little bit. We yeah, tried Jason, to... man, I'm gonna tell you something about Jason, man. That's one hell of a CEO, man. He's so convincing. <laughs> He's like, hey, Al, you doing good? All right, small talk to me, small talk to me. You want to come in for the show tomorrow? Yeah. What are you doing? You're not doing anything. Come in for the show tomorrow. Just... So you know, so he got me here. So hats off to my man Jason. Props to you. Congratulations props to... to you guys at Benzinga, man. Like, thank you. I feel like I was here, like. When it was just two people in the room, man. You know what I'm yep. saying? I was, I was at the ground up. And yeah. I look at you guys, the yeah. studio and, you know, offices. And this is fancy, man. You guys got a nice setup. Yeah, we're still just as crazy as we always were, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, Al Harrington, founder, CEO of Viola Brands, f- former NBA star. I grew up watching you. It's been a pleasure to just to chat and hang. Thanks, and uh, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate Sir, thank it, you, man. brother. Got that right. sample for you. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> oh, he's got that sample. Shoot, how do we go and get that? I, I would. I'm like afraid to like. I, I don't know if I would yeah, do it on the that. air. That would. That would be. I guess we could, but that would be a little bit too much. I think. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So thanks to Al. That was awesome. We're going to end this stream, send you over there. 